You're low energy Sammy right now. How'd you sleep, buddy? What'd you get up to last night? Buddy, I'm good. Just caught up with some old friends and, you know, got some beers, went out. It's out later than I thought I was listening to some of our podcasts as they're coming out of the edit. And I think we got a great show. I think Hollywood's going to be knocking on our door even more than they were before. Well, today is an exciting day. But realizing as I'm talking that first we should say, welcome to podcast two, the sequel. I am Max. I'm a writer, director, producer in the indie film and TV world. Uh, and this is... And I'm Sammy. I am a writer, director, and editor. And uh, in in that order, for sure, uh, in terms of what makes money. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're here. This is the show where we take your favorite films and we say, why not more? You know, you liked the first one, we're going to give you a second. And that's what a sequel's all about, is giving the audience more. Giving the audience what they want. Even though sometimes they might not know what they want. We you know what give you us want. what we need. It may not be what we want. To quote the, uh, the best person to quote, Kanye West. Boom. Famously celebrated person to quote. I think he's, uh, as of today, April 9th, 2023, when we're recording, I believe he's back in the good graces because of the Jonah Hill situation. I think that he's... Uh, I haven't heard about this. What's the Jonah Hill situation? Dude, you didn't hear about this? This was like a couple weeks ago. He said that he watched 21 Jump Street and he forgives Jewish people. You didn't hear this? <laughs> I did not hear You didn't see him this. tweet this? Dude, for those no. who don't know, Max like was one of those kids who was like really into Kanye West in high school. And uh, he, uh, I mean, he's, you know, he's, that carries over, like me with like other disgraced artists, like you know, Arcade Fire or whatever. Uh, but uh, he, uh, yeah, Kanye West. A couple weeks ago, he tweeted out that he just watched Twenty One Jump Street and he loves Jonah Hill and he's sorry to the Jewish people and that he's not anti-Semitic anymore. Thank you, Jonah Hill. It was incredible. Well, I'm speechless. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know about this. You know, like, the details. You know so much about Kanye lore. I'm getting a little worried about, thus far, what people know about my life on the podcast is that I really like, like, theme parks and Kanye West. It's it's not looking good. It's like my two worst qualities are bubbling to the surface. You can steer this ship uh, by writing some good scripts and people will respect you. You just well, got to do the a, best in the game. The thing with like Max Landis is that like if he had just written good movies, people would have let him get away with it all. Well, you know what I'll say about what we're going to do today? What are we going to do? I think this is our Star Wars. I think this is this our might Star just Wars. Be. <laughs> Besides the Star Wars is that we're definitely going to get a chance to. I mean, everyone in Hollywood gets a chance at uh, writing a Star Wars these We've days. We've got nine development deals with Star Wars right now. Oh, yeah. We just pump them out. That James Mangold movie that's definitely going to happen, we said something. We were like, I don't know. What if it was like the first Jedi? And they were like, sure. We're not going to make it anyway. We'll, uh, we'll announce <laughs> it. You see they announced uh, the new Star Wars movies. And then today it's like coming out. It's like, yeah, that one we announced for Dave Filoni to direct. It's like the culmination of all the Disney Plus shows is like six or seven years away. It's like, what? 
okay, <laughs> that's not happening. I already told Sam this story, but my younger brother is a big Star Wars fan, like very big Star Wars fan. And he was staying with me this past week and like this news was announced and I just like was reading it offhand, asked him like, do you know who Dave Filoni is? And he turned to me, he's like, stop being a dick. You know who Dave Filoni is. I was like, I really don't. Like, what has he done outside of Star Wars? And he's like, stop being a dick. You know he hasn't done much outside of Star Wars. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, how would I know this? Who is this guy? He's the cartoon man. And the, he's the cartoon he learned man. how to direct a live action on the Mandalorian. He was handpicked by Lucas, apparently. First to like be his heir apparent. Yeah, I think my understanding of the situation is George Lucas was like, I want to make a new cartoon. And he was like, what's the best one out right now? And he saw Avatar The Last Airbender. He's like, sweet, I'm going to hire those guys. And they were like, no. And so he went down the list until he found someone who would say yes. And it was Dave Filoni, who was like the like directed like six episodes of the show. He's like, you're the guy. I think Dave Filoni is a huge Star Wars fan, huge lore fan. Uh which is his greatest strength and his greatest weakness. Uh, he sometimes loves it a little too much. I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's great. I just literally didn't know who he was because I'm not a big... I'm. This sounds like I'm being a dick, but like I'm just not a big like animated TV show guy. No, you're so good because even if you were, no. he doesn't make... Like, love and respect to Dave, know him well, but he doesn't make good things. He's not a good writer or director <laughs> or showrunner. Well, um, we got a phone call a couple weeks ago from our good friend, David Z, David Zaslav. David Zaslav. The head of Discovery Plus and Warner Brothers. I'm hearing. In that order. I'm, he- I'm hearing from my sources it might be called Beam. They might call it Beam. But that might be the code name that they're just using internally. Ow, ow. cat. Yeah, it might be, it's either going to be called Max or Beam is what I'm hearing. The streaming service. The streaming service. Well, part of um, Beam, <laughs> I can't even say it without like <laughs> wanting to groan. Um, Dude, it's so much the... better than being called HBO. Like people are going to flock to Beam. They'll be like, fuck yeah, HBO, it's... I want Beam. Yeah. Why, why have it be named after the channel that is the last channel turning out shows people seem to care about? Yeah, the brand know? that we've known for 30-odd years, 40-odd years. <laughs> I, I want something that sounds like a piece of gymnastics equipment. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> what a bad joke. Um, so he called us, and he really wants to tap into that nostalgia. He really wants to get those 90s kids mm-hmm. moving and grooving. And he says it's just about time to do Iron Giant 2. Let's and go. That is what we've been tasked with. Is Brad so, back? Is this like a sort of pitch to court Brad? I think this should be a pitch to court Brad. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, you can't do it without Brad. You know, this is his, this is his Superman. It's a bit of a bummer for him because, like, he went to director jail for Tomorrowland and kind of had to do Incredibles 2 to, like, get back into people's good graces. You know, it's, like, a little sad if he'd have to do it again again. But we're going to pitch something so good he'll be pumped. Yeah. I mean, Iron Giant Sleeper hit. They played on Cartoon Network all the time for, like, a decade. So, like, it's definitely got, like, fans who grew up with the original um it wasn't a box office hit when it came out they had to start bundling action figures with the vhs so that people would buy it 
worked on me. Love that fucking action figure. Loved that fucking VHS tape. Did you see this in theaters? Do you remember? No, it was a it was a tape movie for me. I was like five when it came out. I think I saw this in theaters. Wow, God, how old were you? Five, four. This was one of the first movies I got taken to. That's um, awesome. I saw this in theaters, and it like really stuck with me. It really was a pretty foundational film for me. This is probably the most nervous to do one of these I've been so far because I think this is absolutely one of the best animated films ever probably just one of the best films ever it is such a good hero's journey for the iron giant and for hogarth it hits at that level that the best pixar stuff does as well you know we're just like the story feels like a just like a perfectly built car every element of it is like feeding into the theme and into character in a way that just flows. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one and nervous. Yeah, I wouldn't be nervous. Look, I, I, I love this movie to death, but I wouldn't be nervous. I think we can knock this one out of the park. Um, I've got some ideas. I've got, I've some, got some ideas. ideas. Uh, should we dive but in? First, oh yeah, no. No, I just would love, I think talking a bit about the history of yeah. it is, is relevant. I'm a bit of a Brad Bird head. I think he's Go birds. one of our great directors right now. He um, has had a really fascinating career. I don't know how much you're aware of it, Sam. I'm sure you're aware of like his most famous first credit, but like when he was like basically like 18, he was animating stuff in his bedroom. Sick. That was considered so good that like the people at Disney already knew who he was and were like, he's the future of the company. He goes to CalArts, which is the college that was started by Walt Disney. He studies under all of the masters. Mm -hmm. He entered Disney during like a very famous time when the whole company was coming unraveled. He worked on Fox and the Hound along with like Tim Burton, along with like the guy that did Nightmare on Elm Street, like along with like Craven. Not Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, oh, uh, (laughs) Henry Selleck or Peter Selleck. Henry Selleck. Henry Selleck. Henry and Selleck. yeah, basically spun out, ended up working on The Simpsons mm-hmm. and still had this reputation in the industry of being the guy that could still save animation. Uh-huh. Was not at Disney during like their renaissance. Right. Um, he got stationed at Warner Brothers, um, who was like seeing the Disney renaissance and they were like, we want to get in on this. They put like, three or four films into development, The Iron Giant being the last of those. Was one of those like Anastasia? I think, no, that that might be, that was uh, this other animator, no, the no. guy that did, um, the guy that did Fievel. Oh, that shit sucks. Um, <laughs> but um, he, they go into development on The Iron Giant. His pitch to executives was, what if a gun had feelings? Sick. He he wanted to do something about, like, what if a gun didn't want to be a gun? They start going into development on this. You know, it's going to tap into, like, 50s anxiety with the Cold War, but also, like, 50s, like, futurism, which he would also tap into for Tomorrowland. Um, And then these Warner Brothers animated films started bombing so much that they shut down the division, and they were like, Iron Giant's the last movie. And he famously said, we didn't have an executive anymore. All they said was just deliver us 
whenever you have on the date, that's the movie that's going out. Wow. So part of why it's so good is because like they just got to make whatever they wanted basically as long as it was PG. Wow. Um, so I just love that history. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean it is. It's. I think that his big thing that I know him for is just a great blocking, which he gets. You know his animation. You know his great like what sort of one two three compositions. Uh, where this camera sort of, or the animated camera sort of moves from you know, three different setups, uh, whether to be a tell a joke or to tell a piece of story. So he's very good with that. And like his images is blocking, I mean, just great animator, but also his, he's a story guy. He's a real story structure guy. And I think that's what, what works so well about the iron giant. It's like you said, it's a rock solid arc. Um, great themes. Now, one thing that people always talk about with Brad bird, and I'm interested in your perspective on this is his sort of libertarian undertones people discuss. Uh, and I didn't know about the uh, the his sort of like self-made man kind of deal where he was like a wonder kid from day one. That really fits into his sort of uh, individual. It makes the accusations worse. Well, it makes it, it worse. I don't know that yeah. they're, I mean, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna hold it against an old man to be like a little libertarian, like, I mean, <laughs> we're, like unless Brad Bird is like fueling money into stuff. But like, I think that I don't think he's like a Peter Thiel type. Like, I don't think Brad Bird is like, I don't think he has that much sway even. I think he's just kind of a man who wants to make his cartoons. But uh, uh, I'll say this: it fits. Argue it fits the best for Incredibles. Um, I think Iron Giant arguably completely negates this accusation because the literal arc of the iron giant is like you don't have to be who society tells you you are you can be whoever you want that's a very libertarian tenant though they love saying shit like that isn't that like i think like it's their idea like that there are special people and there are not special people like if you are born special you are just special I don't think there's any character in the Iron Giant that, like, is just, like, granted amazing gifts. Like, Hogarth isn't... He just has a big heart. He's just willing to love. Does he, like, ever, like, show, like, he is just better than other people? Like, in the way that, like, Ratatouille or The Incredibles does? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's also just, like, a screenwriting thing or just, like, a storytelling thing. It's, like, who's the hero? The hero needs to be the person best at the the narr- the center of the narrative you know you don't watch movies about the second greatest baseball player you watch movies about baseball jones or whoever it was um hero's journey is very libertarian in, in a lot of ways well i mean it's um, just like the, it's what i mean it's like what we want to hear i mean i think the thing that you, you you're saying about libertarianism and you know i haven't like read atlas shrugged or you know no things but uh i do think what's core to a lot of that is that it's like it's like some people aren't special but you, the reader, are. It's like, a, you know, every libertarian yeah. believes that they are one of the good ones and that everyone else is a is a sheep and they're a genius or they're, you know, they deserve yeah. this or the other. Um, I, think I, I think this certainly thing, is like that yeah. a little bit. And know, I mean, I think a big thing, yeah. the Iron Giant, is the conflict with the government. Like, the bad guy mm-hmm. is government overreach. It's a unnamed government agency and a, and a zealot, overzealous agent who like wants to take things too far and at the end they try to nuke a town in America and you have to like it certainly has like these things. I think this kind of stuff's interesting. I don't I'm not worried about uh I mean you know, me and Max are both pretty relatively lefty uh and uh I don't but I don't like take issue with like a old man artist having 
regressive views or because I think that stuff just makes art more interesting. It's the same reason why like I like, you know, David Lynch being probably a huge prick. Don't quote me on that. It's just vibes, but like his you know, that's what makes his stuff interesting is like his weird repression. Um Yeah. I mean I think like and then we'll move off of this, like that story I'm telling about Brad Bird's history with this film and with all of his films really is like I think his his art is largely about there are people that are great at what they do and then there are like these business bureaucratic types that just want to get in the way of uh-huh. like greatness you know which is I true think that's the core of what he really feels where he's like why can't I just make my great movies yeah which is a which little is bit true. libertarian yeah but that's like that it's like anyone I mean we we deal with that all the time with the execs they're always barking down our throats telling to change this that and the other and we're like no Jurassic Park should be on a boat and they're like can it be on a plane and we're like not yet that's the <laughs> eighth one or whatever Jurassic plane um I should also note before we dive into this that uh Iron Giant has made a reemergence cinematically in the last decade I watched his clips last night from Ready Player One. Oh yeah which I would put that on my list of the 10 films that film Twitter has really embraced that I think is, I, I would say it's one of the 10 stupidest movies that I've seen film Twitter love. Yeah. I never saw it. I should check it out. I'm actually very interested in the last Spielberg cash in before he goes full, like fuck off mode. Um, I watched it. It's, it's certainly a cash in. There's this idea that it's really, like, no, this is him exploring what it was like for him to build the culture that eventually tore down culture. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a celebration of that. He's just having fun in the toy box again, which is fine, but it's like really just looks bad. <laughs> and it's uh, it's just so nerdy and like not the fun way. All is that to say that in Ready Player One, Lena Waithe's character builds rebuilds Iron Giant and there's a big war scene at the end where Mecha Godzilla is brought out by the villain and they bring out Iron Giant and the two fights. Wait, this sounds great. I gotta watch this. I love Mecha Godzilla and I love Iron Giant. It's kind of cool. It's just like it certainly hurts my heart a little bit that the character whose entire arc was like, you don't need to be a weapon. Like, you too can be a hero. You can be Superman. You know, you don't need to destroy things. Like, basically is turned into a big weapon and used to just, like, smash things. But it's it's for the good guys, so it's okay. It's different. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, I think that's what we got to bring to this new one is more action, more violence. But... I really disagree. Exploring the really... <laughs> complex themes. This isn't your father's Iron Giant. Um, Let me just refill my coffee and then let's go for it. So for those who haven't seen the Iron Giants, a great, what year is it, Max? Like, what year? 2009. 99. Great movie. Came out when we were pretty little. Uh, 2D animated Brad Bird movie about a little boy named Hogarth who finds a giant robot in the woods. And the robot doesn't remember anything. He can't really talk. He can say a few words and he loves eating metal. 
and the government's trying to find him and he's trying to hide from the government because they want to say they want to destroy it. They want to E.T. his ass. And the government employee that's specifically driving this is named Kent Mansley. He's an FBI agent that specializes in extraterrestrial like kind of robots like this. He's the one on the hunt. And so they're like running away and eventually uh, he's going to be provoked by the military and we're, he's going to turn to this giant super weapon. Like he's got all these guns and stuff and he has to learn not to fight. He chooses not to fight them because Hogarth teaches him that killing's bad. And he, th- But they launch a nuke to blow up the whole town to kill the Iron Giant. So he flies up and stops the nuke. It's this classic moment where he realizes he can be Superman and he carries a nuclear bomb into space, allowing himself to be blown up with it. Hogarth has lost that friend, but now he's got his own like childhood friends back home. His mom is now dating Dean, the like mentor figure, the artist that taught Hogarth throughout the whole movie um, and helped him hide the Iron Giant. Um, but the last thing we're left with is that Hogarth has this little piece, this little piece of Iron Giant that's kind of starting to roll. It's kind of starting to move because the nuclear bomb exploded him. His pieces like flew all over. He's got this one little piece in a box. It's rolling around and he lets it roll out of his window and we watch it travel all the way to the North Pole where Iron Giant's body is starting to rebuild itself. Right. Iron Giant 2, what do you got for me? Will you have any ideas or... I mean, I got the basics that I always have. It's just like, oh, you know, we could do it. Like, I mean, when did that, the first one come out? Like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So we do it 25 years later. Hogarth's, an, yeah. Hogarth's an adult. Uh, the other people are old. Maybe he, you know, I was thinking about it today. And I was like, what if it literally took 25 years for the pieces to get back to the Iron Giant? Like, it's just that takes that long. This is in line with an idea I have. Yeah, okay. The other thing I was thinking is like, oh, but what if it is like Iron Giant's been in like hibernation? Or like, what if, I don't know, what if Hogarth had to cut off the Iron Giant and like they had some adventures off screen? Or what if it's like there's a specific, like, I, I, I was thinking, I think this might be the way is like there's a specific job that they need the Iron Giant for. Uh, and they need hogarth to like bring that like maybe the government has like had iron giant on lockdown and like they're like ready to use it and they've like beefed up they've like robocopped him maybe i'm just getting these ideas now maybe they've like beefed up the iron giant to make him a super weapon and they need hogarth because he won't listen to anyone else but hogarth uh you know it's Mm -hmm. the 70s or whatever and uh yeah they need him to fight the russians right time period uh and uh or no i guess the first one was the 50s First, first one was the 50s. So yeah, it's like so the 70s now be or 70s. early 80s, maybe. Um, you do 80s. Let's go 80s. So 80s cash Vietnam. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want anything with the Vietnam War. You don't want to. You don't want to explore that dark era of American history. Good thing in no, a good, kids movie. Good thing nothing bad happened in the 80s. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, famously, it's uh, no. I think the 80s is good because it's like literally probably the second biggest wave of cold war panic beyond the 50s right you know yeah it's like the final the final cash-in of that dude reagan's calling in the iron giant it's his star wars he's like we're done with star wars now we're doing well, this, is giant. Star wars. this is our star wars this is our star wars this is our don't forget dude i think this um, could be our star wars <laughs> this could be our bright <laughs> <laughs> um 
thinking about this and like part of the thing with this whole podcast to me is like this isn't just like writing sequels i think it's like a really interesting way to explore like in a world where sequels have taken over all forms of film in one way or another whether through reboots cinematic universes or actual sequels like it's a way of discussing like when do sequels work and when don't they? Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> the Iron Giant absolutely should not have a sequel because everything's tied up. Yeah. It's perfectly buttoned. Having said that, David Z called, you know, we need our check. So, like, as I'm thinking about it for Hogarth, my initial, like, grenade I'd lob in is that we go to the well that James Cameron went to with Terminator, where it's like, okay, how would you really feel? If you went through that Terminator experience, if you went through the Iron Giant experience, when he's like fucking nine years old mm. and like getting tossed around in a war zone, I think Hogarth has terrible PTSD and is terrified of Iron Giants. Like he's aged out of this and it's like, that was a bad thing. <laughs> like we have to protect the world. You know, this we- alien weapon came to Earth. We must stop this. Like what if Hogarth is fully 180'd now that he's an adult and is like, he is Penn Badgley or whatever that villain's name was from the first one. Like he's the one that's anti-Iron Giant now. So he's anti-Iron Giant. Well, what if it was like uh, the government's been knocking at his door for a long time trying to get him and he's like not consented. He's been like, I'm not, you're not getting me to do that. Like we are not. He's like, I was just a kid. That was insane. I could have died. I've got kids of my own now, maybe. And he's like a stunted father. Yeah. Um, Hogarth never had a father. Iron Giant was the closest thing to his father. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he's got a weird I- issues with that when your dad's a robot and all that. And um, of course, there's Dean. Dean's kind of the father figure, really. Uh, yeah. I guess Dean. And, yeah. So where's Dean at? Maybe Dean got really into heroin when he got back from the war. <laughs> uh, we can, you know, we don't say it, but you know, the animators draw some little track marks on him. Also, we're going full Spider Verse aesthetic with this. You know, the kids will love it. Uh, Puss in Boots, Last Wish, real shitty looking animation. Like only have to animate half the frames. It looks like fucking garbage. Uh, Shots fired. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love, I love that <laughs> shit. I think that shit looks so good. I just think it's funny that now, like every animated movie is not Pixar. It's like, no, we're just doing half the. Fr- it's it's done on twos now. It's less to animate. I think it's way, probably way harder, but you know, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, he he could be like a recluse. He's a recluse. He's like a Luke Skywalker in Force Awakens type. Maybe it's about the quest for Hogarth. You know, what a great idea. No, but I do think I think that what Brad Bird would love is that like. He gets taken against his will by the government, like the Reagan era, like mm-hmm. secret police sees him and like, no, you're going to bring the Iron Giant back to life. And then they bring the back to life, like, oh, gosh. But what I, I still think what I'm going for here, and I like what you're pitching right now, but what I'm going for here is like the thing that makes sequels work <laughs> is when you take the characters and in a believable way, like reshuffle their spots on the board. Mm-hmm. That's that. what I think. James Cameron did so intelligently between the two Terminators mm-hmm. was like everyone's coming back, but now they have different roles in terms of the story structure. That's great. Um, I think that, and that's honestly shots fired right now. That's why Ryan Johnson wrote the best Star Wars movie of this modern crop because he was the only one to realize that that's how you could actually move all this stuff forward. 
but whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, my other idea, and then I literally have nothing and we should just start going, unless you have other stuff to throw out, is I'm like, I, lo- I agree. Iron Giant, his parts were spread all across the world. And we like, at the end of the last one, we see it like rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got, it would have to like go through the oceans and stuff, you know, to all come together. I think it could take, I think that's cool. It took 20 years to rebuild. And that creates an interesting dilemma to me where the Iron Giant is basically a big puppy. After he's rebuilt, he'd be like, time to go find Hogarth and get back to it. Uh, but life went on. Oh, he wants, co- he's like, Hogarth. Yeah, so what if, uh, this is great. Okay, what if, like, it opens with, like, a, a great little sequence of just the screw from the end of Iron Giant, and, like, we see it roll away and, like, roll into the water, and then we see, like, 25 years of this screw being moved around, like, it's, like, becomes, like, a bird's nest, and then, like, an elephant eats it and shits it out, and then, like, it's, like... You could have it, like, Forrest Gump style, go through famous historical events. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the screw was in the background of the Vietnam War. Like, yeah, <laughs> it like a man used it to save his life. He like blocked a, a stray bullet or something. It's yeah. Like, oh, this thing's great. And then like it goes in a museum. And it's like the the screw that saved this man's. Oh, it's so stupid. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's like yeah, Iron Jack. I mean, I was also thinking this. There's a great opportunity for a MacGuffin here, and we can maybe do it later. It's like there's one piece that's missing. It's like the Iron Giant's heart. And they need the heart to, uh, like, I don't know, it's tr- trying to figure out who our protag is. I guess it has to be Hogarth, or it should be Hogarth. I mean, I we- mean, the other option is, like, Hogarth has a kid, and you, like, you do it again. I'm, like, trying to challenge us, like, could we do this without it being, like, the main character has a kid, and the yeah. kid's gonna follow in the footsteps. I'd love it know? if we like- could do that. I'd love it if we could do that. Um... Avoid that, you mean? Yeah, avoid that. Yeah. Um, do we? I mean, it's like the the obvious thing I'm seeing though is like, oh, is there like a governmental character that has to find Hogarth, and uh, uh-huh. there are like B protagonists or whatever? Or is it? Do we open on Hogarth? Like, do we? Is it just Hogarth and the Iron Giant are our main characters? And like, yeah, you know, we'll have some side characters, but who is our? He, who could be our hero this time? It could be Hogarth. I like the idea of him being like a recluse that like does not want to be involved with all of this anymore. It's not exactly a great hero. You know, I'm a little worried if we just introduce a new hero that like no one will ever like that hero as much as the OG characters. <laughs> you could be like Iron Giant's the protagonist this time. Don't know if that works. Actually, think thinking about that as you say it, it could be an interesting first act of like we're just with the Iron Giant, and like it's more it's it's a more plotty first act, kind of like beginning of like Incredibles, where it's like we're setting up the world. We could do like the screw sequence where we see it throughout history, and it ends with like governmental agents locating it, finding it, taking it through the secret base underground in the Arctic, and they install into the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant wakes up. He has to be rehabilitated, like, learn who he is, and then he remembers Hogarth. He goes, oh, Hogarth. And he bursts out, and it's a whole escape sequence, and it's all about the Iron Giant trying to get to Hogarth. He's like, runs across the world and has to, like, hide from the government. He remembers the weapons he has. Maybe he does some violence in the beginning and, like, is faced with, like, you know, realizing his power and all that. And then he gets to Hogarth, and Hogarth is like, 
like freaks out or like has a fucking panic attack like like hogarth spent years in therapy trying to not have to think about the iron giant ever again um yeah and he's like, I what? Like he's this... he's like thirty four or something, like thirty five. What... Yeah, he's like in his thirties. Yeah. yeah, that's um, and he could, maybe we could give him like a relationship or something, and like like, she's, like one of the new characters. Yeah, somehow, or maybe Dean's back. Maybe he's we'll gay. Yeah. What if Hogarth's maybe he's a little gay. fruity, uh, little fruity kid? Uh, you know, eighties. You know what? What was it like to be a gay man in the eighties? Dude, I'd love to tackle that in this animated kids movie. Okay, that's like you know, just nothing, nothing tragic about being a gay man in the eighties. I'm just saying, like you can fifties <laughs> Cold War's tragic. It's it was the fifties in a fuck it. Like you think fifties were happy? I mean, yeah, that's how they were. Dude, it was like, oh, remember the good old days, the fifties. Everyone in saying, this animated movie's white. I'm just saying we don't want to. Uh, I would love to avoid the AIDS crisis in Iron Giant too. Yeah, I'm just, I'm talking about subtext. I I don't think we should ever I don't think we should ever shy away from controversy at this phase of writing. We should embrace our wildest ideas and then tone them down for the for you know David Z. I'll say this: I'll bet no one's ever thought of an Iron Giant movie that ties directly into the '80s AIDS crisis with Ronald Reagan. I think it could be <laughs> sick. I think it could be sick. Um, okay, well, let's think about, I, this feels like a good moment to put a pin in some of where we're at. And it's like, what if there's, that's a, maybe this is a little lazy. Tell me this is lazy. Like, what if there's a threat coming to Earth? Mm-hmm. It was always set oh, like up for like Iron Giant was sent by some alien entity. There could, bad idea, there could be the next Iron Giant coming and Iron Giant knows he needs to protect the earth cool you know and he needs hogarth to do it yeah what if it was like iron giant actually sent out a beacon that like summons his his like alien race i mean what does that do you think iron giant comes from aliens or does he come from like a transformer style world of other iron giants or like different kinds of robots is he like there like how did how, he just crap like they don't all they do is they just show him crash into the ocean in the beginning he's a meteor yeah, yeah that, and then the that's boat it captain sees him it could be anything um i want i wonder what the because there's the source material i remember reading some of it as a kid um maybe that's just a short keep story it, yeah let's keep it nebulous i think you know i i think i like the idea that once he's fully rebuilt then his body would be like in crisis mode it would be like we just got destroyed call in reinforcements beacon goes out um, that's our call to action mm-hmm. sky beam i think that's we do a great good. sky beam we could do a great sky beam and so then there is, yeah keep going I recently heard a criticism of superhero movies, which was like, there are only two types of superhero movies. We need to get the thing, and we need to close the thing. Yep. <laughs> so maybe we're going to have to make that decision at some point. I uh, I mean, I that's in my writing. I have, I do that all the time. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done that in our pitches. Um, okay. This is partially why I'm like, Hogarth needs to be working for this government agency now to try to stop the next Iron Giant because it can give him an arc. We're like that that sets up these two characters to have quite the uh quite the journey together. Iron Giants 
thing at the start of the movie is like, I want to get back with my friend. Um, Hogarth's thing is I want to get away from him. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, like he's he's dangerous. Yeah, you know what if like Hogarth after the events of the first one, like he was on government lockdown. They were like, we have no way of knowing when this thing's gonna return. Like his life was off screen. His life was like fucked by this shit. Like. Like we said, like he's traumatized, but also like, yeah, they were under government surveillance the whole time. Like his mother was always being watched and harassed by government employees because, you know, it was the 50s and the Cold War. They want to make sure if that Iron Giant came back, you know, so he's Mm -hmm. like paranoid and like weird. Um, And uh, yeah, his life's just he's just getting back to normal. He's just sort of finding himself as an adult, as you do in your 30s, I imagine. And excuse me. Um he uh he uh yeah so i i think yeah it's like the iron giant sends out a beacon i don't want this to get too weird i don't want this to get too sci-fi part of the charm of the iron giant is that it's a very terrestrial film apart from this one magical element and uh it's really more just a character drama uh about just i mean you know it's it's a silly cartoon but it's about you know just like a little boy and his robot and well let's think like what's the next logical step for a Hogarth arc. The yeah. first movie is also so simple in terms of once upon a time there was a kid that didn't have a lot of friends and he made a friend. Mm-hmm. You know? That is Hogarth's arc to an extent. It's like he realized that he didn't have to be allowed. Mm-hmm. You know? That life's better with other people in your life. Um, and the Iron Giant's arc is also that but in terms of realizing like you can be whoever you want to be actually they both have that arc you can be whoever you want to be yeah. don't don't let the world tell you who you are yeah you know? so it's like what is the natural progression of that i mean yeah so what if it's like hogarth what if hogarth is like lost all of his like through these circumstances he's lost He's not the Hogarth we remember. You know, he's not this, like, bright-eyed, optimistic kid who believes that he's, like, a very much... He's, like, a... You could be, like, an 80s finance worker who's, like, this is how the world is. Um, you, you you have to do what you're told. And, you know, he's just... He's, he has no optimism. He's beaten into place. And he rejects the call to action because he's, like, no, it's not who I am. I am an employee. I, uh... I'm he's gonna, like lost his spark. He's lost his spark. And he has to learn. Is it that he has to, I don't know if we want to do it, just a repeat of that arc. It's like, oh, he has to relearn how to be, how to have fun. Um, I'm saying that it's like, maybe his next arc is like, you can't let your life be defined by the past. Uh, and I think you could give them both that arc. It's like Iron Giant just wants to get back with Hogarth and continue being best buds and it's like you made a choice you blew yourself up to save the world time goes on you know you need to go into your next frontier iron giant you probably need to go back to space and return to where you came from right that's what i was just thinking yeah is that how it, i mean is that how it ends is that like the iron that could be cool actually what if like the whole movie is like a ticking time bomb for these aliens to arrive like uh-huh. so we're track, you know, we're tracking them with like '80s space sonar and stuff, and they're like getting yeah. closer, and closer. The government's like freaking out, like we don't know what's going. And like the end of the movie is like they pull up and they just like pull Iron Giant. It's like a really bit two really big Iron Giants, like mommy and daddy, and they pull him in and hug him and they fly away. And they're like we missed <laughs> you so much, son. Our because he was like a baby boy, 
He's like, our baby boy. He was a baby boy. boy. Uh, <laughs> He's like, Superman. And they're like, we're more of a Batman family. Batman family. <laughs> Sup- super- Superman is not good for narrative arcs. <laughs> He's... He's not complex. See, Iron, huh. Man, Iron Giant 1 was a Superman movie. Iron Giant 2 is a Batman movie. This would be a great pitch for David. David would love that. It's darker, <laughs> it's grittier, it's more adult, but it's still is got it? that, that frolicking detective fun, you know? So are you saying, are you saying that Hogarth has Joker brain? Hogarth's Joker. Jokarth. <laughs> Jokarth. Brad's gonna love this. So this is... <laughs> Do we get Joaquin? <laughs> we'll get the boy that plays him and Bo is afraid that looks just like <laughs> him. Just uh, to do it. Can't believe that um, kid's real. I what if, okay, what if it's like So it's like Iron Giant is the beacon. It's like he's like maybe we have a thing where like on his shoulder now there's like a red glowing like light. Yeah. It's the beacon. And it's basically like Iron Giant, if you don't want the world to get destroyed by this new Iron Giant, you have to leave. Because oh. he's the beacon. Yeah. You know? The Iron Giants are coming to save him, where it's like he realizes he has to leave the new life he's built in order to let those he loves survive, which is similar to his arc. I'm realizing in the first one, which yeah. is he sacrifices himself, but it's a different type of sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, let's think about iron giant as a character. Cause what right. we're looking at here, I mean, that's, that's a key part of the first one, obviously. And that's what makes it work so well is that he is, but he is like a baby in the first one. Like yeah. he's this guy, he's like a train. He's a, he's a baby super weapon who doesn't know anything and like has to learn about life and learn about good and evil or like basics and like learn how to love and protect people. Like Hogarth teaches him basic morals of like, like heroes don't kill or whatever. What's the line? It's like, don't have guns. I don't know. Something like that. Um, no, I think it's good guys don't kill. Cause he sees the um, deer get killed. Right. That's like the famous iron giant scene right. where he learns about death. Oh, it's so visceral the way he like his giant metal finger touches like, the deer and like the dead flesh kind of moves a little bit. That always stuck with me as a kid. I was like, oh, that's so real. Um, May I say, yeah, better deer death scene than Bambi. More affecting for me as a kid. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Bambi since I was very small. So I, I, don't, I really never went back and revisited Bambi. Maybe I should. Maybe that's a blind spot. Uh, I think I saw that as a toddler. I don't know if I'd call that a famous blind spot. Do you think Disney will do a live action redo of Bambi? They're definitely, they're doing Moana. Like they're definitely going back for Bambi. God, I can't believe they're doing Moana. Um, I think that's because Dwayne The Rock Johnson was having a moment and like threatened them. He's like, we need to do this. So Iron Giant as a character though, like is, is he totally Arrested Development or what, is he, would it be more interesting if he, like his head was there in the desert and he was just left alone. Like, is Iron Giant, like, haggard? And, like, what if he's, like, rusted and, like, obsessive? Mm. Oh, what if this is a movie about relationships? You know, this is about, like, adult relationships and, like, moving on and letting go. And um, yeah. he's yeah, been like that. sitting in the Arctic for, like, 100 years. You know, for, like, 20 years he was sitting there uh, thinking about Hogarth. Like, you know, he got his brain chip back and he was just like, Hogarth, like imagining him, like and he barely understands that Hogarth's gonna be, you know, he does not even think about how Hogarth's gonna be very different than when he left him, and um, mm-hmm. 
because he's got baby brain. He's got baby like, brain. He's he's advanced, but he hasn't lived a life, so yeah. he wouldn't really have grown it's up. Just like playing back his memory chip. You know, he's watching the Iron Giant in his brain. Um, mm-hmm. It's like we see scenes from the Iron Giant from his pe- like high angle POV, uh, like in the old animation style. It looks sick. Uh, that's sick. So he's obsessive, and Hogarth and him. I think it's like about two people that are both emotionally damaged from the past who both have like severe <laughs> trauma learning to let go and move forward and hogarth's done like so in the past 25 years iron giant has been fixated on the past and like searching for the opportunity to bring it back and hogarth's the opposite he's been searching to forget the past reject it altogether and um and repress it and they're gonna have to both learn that there's a different there's a way forward that's neither of those there where you have to Embrace the past, understand it, and grow from the past and move on. And move on. Yeah. So Hogarth's repressive and uh Hogarth's repressive, Iron Giants regress or er, obsessive. Um I like this. This is really and good. And they both need to learn to be progressive. Basically, like he has to get over this relationship where he's gonna like get Hogarth and all of Earth killed. Yeah, I mean, do the do we know that's the thing is like, what are we working towards? So like, I do, I do see a first act where, uh, at least part of it is, you know, Iron Giants gets restored and taken by the government, and he's got to burst out of the government base to find Hogarth. And it's like, how does he find Hogarth? We figure out something, and then um, he finds Hogarth, and Hogarth pushes him away. So you does Iron Giants send out a beacon, and then the driving force here. We've got an element where it could be about, like, sort of our B-plot is cutting back to the government. Maybe we bring back the agent from the first one, the long-faced guy, Penn Badgley, whatever his name is. It's not his name. Uh, and then he uh, uh, comes... Oh, wait, is it his name? Is his name Penn Badgley? No, that's a, that's a real think... person, isn't it? It is Kent Mansley. Yeah, Penn Badgley is like a real person. That's like the guy from Penn and Teller, right? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it might be. It might I be. I think he's like a magician or something. God, I'm so culturally illiterate. Um, great, great for a screenwriter podcaster. Uh, so he's gonna, he's back. He's got, he's obsessed too. He's that's the the third side of this coin. If he is the dark side of the Iron Giant that's going to be obsessed with the past and won't he let go. He just got out of jail. He just got out of jail for trying to nuke that town. Yeah, he's he's on ice and he's going to try to redeem himself in the eyes of the government. Uh, he wants to impress Reagan. You know, he's a big Reagan head. Watched him on in the 50s on the cartoon or on the, on the cowboy show. And now he's, you know, and um, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, great. But yeah, so how's this is it essentially... It's like essentially, I can't think of a movie, but I know this is a trope. It's essentially like a romance film where someone was like, meet me here in 10 years and that's how we'll get together. And the Iron Giant is like the side of the relationship that showed up at the train station ready to start the love and Hogarth never showed up. Hogarth like started his family with his kids and stuff. Like he's he's got a whole other life he's trying to start. Uh, I'm down to give Hogarth kids if we don't make them like yeah the next generation yeah no it should just, they should be young like he's he's a young father uh you know it's the 80s you know he's probably got like a four-year-old or a five-year-old um probably had kids at 30 you know relatively late for the time but whatever and um yeah he's maybe things are on the rocks with his wife or maybe they're divorced you know 80s divorce rates blah 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 um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. iron giant 
So I'm trying to figure out this beacon thing, because like I think that we've got something really solid with this relationship here and them meeting, but then what happens after they meet and after Hogarth pushes him away? I think they have to get sucked off into an adventure. Like I think the government could come. Sorry, that is such a funny word. What? They have to get sucked <laughs> off into an adventure. <laughs> right to self, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we haven't touched about busting enough. We talked about getting sucked off, but <laughs> should we quickly get sucked off into the adventure? <laughs> Never even heard that phrase. I definitely meant to say swept off, and I said sucked off because or sucked in, <laughs> sucked off, get sucked off into adventure with podcast, podcast two, two the, the sequel. sequel. Every week, the podcast two will suck you off into a new adventure. <laughs> I wish we could keep that promise. Like, we'd get good Patreon money if we could suck off every audience member into adventure. I think I could be a, a Patreon tier. Like, you donate a thousand bucks a month, we'll suck you off into adventure. I would absolutely suck off. I, I'm offering this to anyone. You can Venmo us for, our, for an exclusive Patreon where you get sucked off into adventure once a month. For, um, it would have to be higher than a grand, because we have to split that. Yeah, like, that's... two grand... Well, I think it's just like one of us can do it. It's like if you're closer to Alternate. New York, you know, I'll suck you off. If you're closer to California, Max will suck you off. But I got you covered. The idea, you know, one thousand bucks, cash only, please, for tax reasons, of course. Uh, and <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll work great. Uh, yeah, when you Venmo us, say like bagels, okay. you know, so like the IRS is like, oh, this isn't a payment for a sucking off into adventure. Yeah, just spend a thousand dollar bagel purchase, buying in bulk <laughs> saves money. You know, you cut them up, wrap them in foil, put them in the freezer. You got bagels mm -hmm. for the rest of the year, if not a couple years with a thousand. Mm -hmm. That's for our financial advice podcast <laughs> for the upcoming recession. You gotta buy all your bagels now while they're cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Bagel prices. Bagel prices are just going up and up. Okay, we're really avoiding doing work. No, um, so what's the... I, I'm trying to figure out how this um, alien thing factors in and if we're going with that. Because, yeah, gov I think government comes... Like, Hogarth and Iron Giant have a dramatic scene where Hogarth's like, you gotta get out of here. Like, he's having PTSD flashbacks and stuff. And, like, Iron Giant's like, no, Hogarth. And then the government does something that, like, they have to run away. Uh, and Hogarth gets, like, ripped from his place of comfort into, like, hiding with the Iron Giant. And he's, like, always trying to push him away. Um, yeah, what I don't like, I don't think the Iron Giant should have escaped the government. Oh, yeah? I think that's, like, giving, that's, like, a good beat we can have later. Or I guess he could be recaptured. We'll, we'll decide that in a minute. You'd definitely be recaptured. I have, I have an idea of, like, their introduction, which is, yes, I like this. Like, Hogarth has spent his entire life building to this moment of just getting past what happened. And what if it's, like, the 4th of July, you know? He's having his first holiday with both of his kids since the divorce. He's an awkward dad just trying to make it work. I think we could even have Dean there. It's like Dean still hangs, like that's like the only solid relationship he has left in his life is old man Dean. I'd love to see old man Dean. Is his mom dead? Mom's dead. Yeah. Sad. Oh, it's because he, he's daddy Dean now because they got together yeah. at the end of Iron Giant. Right. What a weird kids movie. Tri like if my good mentor friend started fucking my mom, 
Like, I never get this kids movie thing where it's like, all right. Maybe that's maybe that's a thing we touch on here. Uh, or at least part of the backstory is that Daddy Dean and Hogarth in the Hogarth teenage years, they had some tough times. Yeah, we could have a scene where Dean's like, Hogarth, I think you just got to get laid. And he's like, he's like, I, I don't know, Dean. And Dean's like, look, me and your mom, we were having and we he's were like, doing whoa, all whoa, the whoa. way till the, the, the end. The less I know, the better. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he's like, I'm sorry, but, um, your mother died of cancer off screen, but I love you so much. We couldn't afford Jennifer Aniston. God, was she the mom? Back. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Who, who's Dean? Like, uh, that is, he's so good. It's um, Harry Connick Jr. I think that that Dean character was pretty foundational for me. I saw that guy as a kid and I was like, that's who I want to be. I want to be that's Dean. That's like my idea of a cool guy. Yeah, it's like yeah. Dean's so cool. Makes art, chills, yeah. drinks coffee. I do all those things. Um, honestly, you know what Dean would probably do nowadays? Coke. Could make him a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the 80s. They didn't have podcasts yet. Oh, uh, right. He could be a shortwave He's... radio conspiracy theorist. <laughs> uh, but I'm saying it's 4th of July. He's having this... Fourth of and I, there's a reason I picked Fourth of July in a second. He like the kids are like not don't even care. They just like want to watch TV. They got like Game Boys did. or Nintendos. Yeah, they just want to play video games like he did. He's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go turn over the ribs. He steps outside and he sees like the Iron Giant like crouched in his yard, <laughs> like so excited. <laughs> but I think we and then he's like, he like freaks out. He shuts the door, like slam, like. <gasps> Yeah, he looks around at his family. He's like, "Do they see this?" He he calls Dean. He's like, "Dean, Dean," and he's like, "Look out the window!" And Dean looks out the window, and the Iron Giant's gone. And uh, he's like, "You're losing it, man." And Hogarth goes back outside. He's like, "Am I losing it?" And then I think we could set up a set piece where when the fireworks start going off, the Iron Giant freaks out because yeah. he thinks it's gunfire. Yeah, he's freaking out. And that makes Hogarth freak out. They're having like mutual panic attacks in the backyard. Yeah. Because it reveals both of their issues. Yeah. Like both, neither of them got over this. And this can be, this can be actually be, maybe, yeah, the Iron Giant just like finally gets out of the desert or out of the, the Arctic and just goes for Hogarth. And, but then he goes, going into freak out mode alerts the government. And, um, like, <laughs> so now that's, that's our, that's our thrust to break into two or whatever. Is that like the government's after them? Like, yeah, they'd have sonar now, and suddenly, like after the freakout, like Hogarth starts to hear like helicopters flying up, up ahead. Yeah, like Iron Giant like does like a classic, like he blows some like up the water tower or something, and a bunch of people see him, and he's like, no, 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 no. You know, Hogarth's like, please stop, stop, stop. And so Iron Giant's just like freaks out, grabs Hogarth like he did back in the old days, like Hogarth, but Hogarth's like, ow, my back, and uh, yeah. they like take off flying and go to like. The desert of we New Mexico. We can get Mexico. Toby McGuire to voice Hogarth. <laughs> My back. We can just copy and paste the audio. Isn't it? Um, uh, David's going to love this. Yeah, that's great. Uh, He's going to be disappointed that this pitch has less full episodes of his TV shows. <laughs> yeah, but I think we got to do respect to Brad. Hogarth just wants to get rid of the Iron Giant. He's like, he needs to go. And so, oh, what if he thinks about killing if, him? Like, what if he's got a choice where he could easily kill the Iron Giant, and he almost does? It would solve all of his problems, and he chooses not to. Yeah, like he tries to get him to go away and like throws something, and like the Iron Giant like runs after it, playing fetch basically. And then like he sees like an electrical power, like the thing from the first one. He sees like an electrical, what's it called? The power the, plant. 
a power plant and he's like i could throw the stick in there and he'd be dead as a doornail yeah that's a potentially good beat to return to well what if so his whole thing is he's like i want iron giant out of my life iron giant's whole thing is i just want to be pals with hogarth again yeah um and he could call um what's i can't forget remember the character's fucking name he can call kent mansley to try to like clean this up essentially mm-hmm. it's like maybe that's how we're rearranging the pieces this time it's like hogarth secretly trying to work with kent and kent would be like we have to keep this quiet mm-hmm. because he wants all the glory yeah he wants to he wants to restore his career his legacy mm-hmm. and all that in Ra- not reagan's eyes like maybe they have that freak out moment the helicopters come he hides the iron giant he goes back in the house He's like putting his kids to bed, and he sees like the Iron Giant like looking through the window at his new at his kids. He's like, oh, and he's like, and he's like, I have to get rid of this. Yeah. this can't, this can't happen. He won't tell Dean because Dean, if Dean finds out, he's gonna want to help. Ig. Yeah, you know? Dean, Dean will have his romantic, or not romantic, his dramatic reunion with the Iron Giant later, and they'll make like a little sculpture together. He's like, still got a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this idea that. <laughs> Dean just won't stop talking about fucking Hogarth's mom. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, nights like this, it makes me think of when we get in my pickup truck and make love under the stars. And he's like, shut up, Dean. And, it's, <laughs> and like, he tells the Iron Giant, he's like, oh, you weren't even there. Like, after you died, we, like, me and the Jennifer Aniston mom, we got together. We're boning every night. No kids. Just had to deal with Hogarth. Super easy. Birth control just came out. It was sick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, not like Hogarth over here. He couldn't. He was, he was a busting Bobby. <laughs> He's got these two kids with his wife that doesn't like him anymore. We were so he's... close to having like a legitimate episode, and then we got self-conscious. Like, we got to start talking about busting more. Got to make yeah. sure that none of my relatives will listen to this. Um... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely made this uh, parent proof. Um, so they, he, so he calls the he calls Mansley and. Then what, Sam? Like, Mansley's what? like, I mean, oh yeah, how does Mansley gonna take this into his own hands? Like, what was his history? Uh, how would he have Mansley's contact him? That's my only it's question. The old days, like, he had phone books. I don't know. You don't have to explain sure. that. Like, he just call. He just like cut to. He calls him. And, sure. Uh, and he's trying to keep it secret from Dean. I mean, he's Mansley's like, been Dean... spying on him for like was spying on him for decades. Like, Mansley never left. You know. Like, what would be Mansley's plan? Like, what is he... Yeah, want? that's what I'm trying to figure out. His plan... He's... So he was obsessed with the Iron Giant 2. He's also obsessed with the past. This is a classic yeah. sequel stuff. Classic reboot sequel. Obsessed with the past. How do... But we're doing it... We're doing. We're not doing Force Awakens style. We're like, the past is great. We're doing Last Jedi style where it's, like, complicated. This feels like not a total retreat either because, like, I like this idea that we're setting it up like a relationship movie. And also, like, a, um, like, what would be the word? It's almost like an old yeller type of thing. Like, I feel like Iron Giant's like a dog that got, like, thrown away. Yeah. And now it's, it is, like, trying to return home. Yeah. And in the end, he has to learn to go live with the wolves. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Um, so, Ken. Ken's been obsessed. Maybe Ken, I mean, could Ken have, like, his own private team or like Ken built like the machine that can ca- the gun that can catch the Iron Giant, and he's got like this secret weapon in his basement that he's had for years, and he's like ready. He's got like the Iron Giant's weak. What's the Iron Giant's weakness? Getting electrocuted, and 
that's been a weakness or i mean it depends like his real weakness in the first movie is like not exactly a weakness it's that like if someone points a gun at him he'll turn into a gun Mm -hmm. he'll turn into a weapon but like that could be viewed as a good thing well here's the real question what does mansley want Mansley wants, I think he's been disgraced. You know, at the end of the Iron Giant 1, his career was ruined, right? He tried to call a nuke on the city and turn turn viol- turn the American government against the American people. And, uh, and it was all because he was obsessed with this Iron Giant and his career. He's lost his career. Uh, and maybe, I mean, he could either be like totally disgraced government official or he could be like stuck as like a paper pusher, like low These level, are... like sort of like the the... Because he's from, like, the Department of Un- Unknown Affairs or something. And, like, he's just, like, stuck as, like, a middle level. Like, he was on his way up, and now he's stuck at the bottom of the corporate ladder. And maybe, like, who- he hates Hogarth. Because, like, maybe we his in-character intro is he's, like, reading the newspaper clippings again of, like, celebrating Hogarth. Like, Hogarth and this giant saved the town. Mm-hmm. And he's, like... And so if Hogarth calls him to get rid of the Iron Giant... It's not good enough if they bring him together to the government. Mm-hmm. He, 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 Hogarth will get all the credit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's his plan where he's like, the, ugh, I don't know how we'd do this, but like the Iron Giant, it would be cleaner if the Iron Giant now killed Hogarth all these years later. He then captures him and brings him, Iron Giant, to the government. And it's like, see, I was right all along. You know, this was not a safe creature. Yeah. Okay, what if, uh, I mean, what if, like, he is in this lower-level government thing, and he, like, goes to his direct superior, and he's, like, and, you know, he's old, right? Like, he's, like, he can't retire Uh yet, because he's just not made enough money or whatever, and he's, like, I've got it, I've got the Iron Giant, we need to send out a task force ASAP, we can, we can take care of this once and for all, and they're, like, fuck off, old man. And so he's got to, like, do, like, through, like, some, like, corporate paperwork, uh, Thing, he's gonna basically get together like a small crew uh that's gonna like with that's like well armed to take out the iron giant it's like a, it's like he's able to like finagle like a squad of like mercenaries i don't like, I don't like squad i like like he's forced to work with hogarth for now yeah that's yeah i'm just trying to think like what is their plan because the iron giant is the iron giant like the whole thing in iron giant one is they can't get him so, like, trying to capture him and bring him to, like, the Pentagon's door is, like, a terrible plan. So maybe well, it's what he needs to do. believe him. What if it's the Iron Giant, that he needs to basically get the Iron Giant to implicate himself. Like, Hogarth's in the desert with the Iron Giant, like, middle of nowhere, and he needs to get out there and get the Iron Giant to do something big. And it's, a, yeah, he's just got to trigger the Iron Giant's classic response, which is that, like, all you need to do is point a gun at him and he'll fuck up. And then it, once he goes crazy, you can get him to blow up a town. So... So Ken's plan is to get the Iron Giant to blow up a town and get it on the news, and that will get the gun because no one's taking him seriously. He's like, "There's there's uh-huh. the reports of the Iron Giant." Listen, like he's hearing it on shortwave radio that like people witnessed this thing happen, but everyone's like, "There's no Iron Giant. You're crazy." Hogarth's managed to keep him a secret, and the, oh. or the Iron Giant's dead. They know the Iron Giant's real because of the events of the last one, but they're like, "He's dead. Iron he's gone. gone. He's been gone for years. He's he got nuked. He got fucking nuked." There's no way he survived. We never heard about him for the last 25 years. He's gone. Like, we're, we are not worrying about that because we're dealing with the fucking Russians. I got the Pentagon breathing down my neck for this unnecessary government operation. They want to start something called mm-hmm. the NSA. Uh, yeah. Great. Sick. Yeah. It's, what if, what if he tracks the Iron Giant because there's one piece, there's like one screw missing from the Iron Giant currently mm-hmm. and 
Mansley has it. Yeah. And he's been like using it to like guide him like a compass to the, and like he gets to the desert. I mean, also it makes sense that Hogarth would live in the desert if he's terrified of like the world uh-huh. after the events of the first one. So yeah. he's like trying to be as hidden as possible. Yeah. Like I think Hogarth's plan would be like, we need to get him to go back to space. You know, but I'm, um, the sequence of events I'm seeing is like Iron Giant finds Hogarth causes some sort of disruption that gets gets starts getting reported on passed around and only Ken miles away in like Washington DC or whatever is like able to like pick up that this is the return of the Iron Giant and everyone you know his superiors are like fuck you you're stupid so he's like I guess I'll have to handle this myself and so he goes into his basement and opens up this box with like an iron giant part that's beeping and making the sound from the first one and like you know, he got this through a black market dealer because he's been obsessed for decades and he starts following it and uh yeah and then like we cut to later in the film he just pulls up in the desert uh where hogarth and the iron giant are like about like at their breaking point they've been fighting and like he's they're like running out of water and stuff and then wait why if they're running out of water in the desert wait what i thought he was like at his house no they ran away because after the iron giant uh caused a scene at hogarth's house oh, a bunch of shit that's starts happening meant. so they flew away and are just like in hiding hogarth's like and hogarth's like we can't like they're they're in isolation like bottle episode style like we get, just have great okay. scenes of them alone and uh like try, and then he's gonna pull up into the deck they're gonna see a car pull up and Hogarth's gonna be like oh god and the car's coming right for them and then out waddles old man ken and he's like not you and he's like hogarth it's been a long time and then iron giant just goes like <laughs> It goes into full gun mode, and Ogre's like, no, 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 and he's just like, yes, 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 and uh, they- I don't think they should be in the desert, FYI. I think they should be like twenty miles from Hogarth's house, okay. in a more remote area, uh, like so, like there's threats, so like he could like, and it's like, oh, that laser could destroy the town that's twenty miles away. Great, yeah, raise the stakes. Like it's like there's actual stakes to it. I think he calls it in. They're like Shore Mansley, whatever. And um and then Yeah, basically should we jump forward and be like, what are we building towards? Like like how do you the climax of the Iron Giant's so good, how do you top that? Because the climax of the Iron Giant is is everything it was like so cool to me as a kid because I was like I loved the violence and the explosions and the lasers, and then it still it like gets it gives you to indulge in that, but then it's also like ah 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 you shouldn't indulge in that, and then it has like a happy non-violent ending, uh, and like no one fucking dies, right? He just blows up tanks and equipment. Does he blow up tanks? Yeah, he he kills some soldiers, right? He, I don't think he actually kills soldiers. Probably he blows up some tanks, right? blows up some tanks i think they like always leap out of the tanks right before he does kind of thing that's but like that's great i love that it's uh no i mean it's a tearjerker like when he flies up that the climax of iron giant completes his arc of him realizing he can be a hero because he's like carrying the nuke and like this is the tearjerker when he goes like superman and that's beautiful and i don't want ours to be sad because it feels like what we're building towards is like iron giant needs to learn to let go and fly away what if he finds a new little boy? I think the thing that would kill this is trying to recreate the first one. I like that we're like definitively like yeah. this is different. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think where we're heading could result in a happy ending. 
You know, it just might not be Hogarth and the Iron Giant. I, like, it could be like he needs to go away, but he just literally, it's Toy Story 3. He just needs to find a new Andy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, it could be Can't his, be a kid forever. It could be Hogarth's kids. At a, what if could be, Hogarth's got kids that got to go to boarding school? And when we meet Hogarth, he's all like, oh, like, you got to learn to let go. Kid. Like, the kid's really nervous about going to boarding school, that he's military school. He's sending him because he's a bad father and just needs to get rid of him. And then the kid yeah. gets to bring the Iron Giant to military school, like Harry Potter. That's that. Or what if Hogarth is homeschooling his kids because he's terrified of them yeah. um, getting hurt and like the ending of the movie is like he's gotta he's letting his kids go to school school now and like the last shot is like the kid walking into the hallways and like as he's like walking into the classroom and like introducing himself the iron giants like looking in through the window <laughs> this is one of those things that seems like so neat and such a good idea but basically what we're saying is it's like it's like yeah he's not a helicopter parent anymore he just replaced his helicopter parenting with a giant surveillance drone like it's I'm also, like, well aware that, like, I think we're doing the best we can right now, but, like, this is, like, a movie that most people would be, like, not as good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no. I mean, well, we're writing it in 90 minutes or whatever. Um, okay. But, no, I think we're, I think riffing out some of these ending ideas is going to help us figure out, because, yeah, we, we need, we do, I think this is a good direction right now. I think we've really figured out our, for, our beginning and yeah. our themes. Like, what are we building towards? What is, what's our, what completes I mean, his like, arc? What does someone who needs to let go need to learn? Or someone who, it's not about always about letting go, it's about moving on. How can the Iron Giant move on? And yeah, maybe it is finding a new... So Iron Giant could either need to find a new person to fall in love with, basically. Like a new person to take care of. Um, which, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm always sensitive to that because uh, I think that perhaps from my own relationship trauma or whatever i'm always i've been a big believer the last few years in like movies that teach you that you can be alone and be yourself like that kind of like romantic comedy ending like devil wears prada sort of deal um i agree that i mean that's why i was pitching like i think the end is like that it's beautiful that he's like gonna return home he's gonna go back to his planet he needs to learn who he is he needs to learn about his ancestry um Uh Mm-hmm. That could be a cool end. It's like it ends with him taking off and flying, but this time it's not to explode a nuke. It's to go, go home, and like we see him fly, just like we see him fly there. We get a tease of Iron Giant Planet as he's like flying in to like we just see like the clouds part like as he's flying in, and like we see like the beginning of a city, and we see his face and goes like home, and then cut to black. A film by Brad Bird and Max Mooney and Sam Gorman. That's that's actually pretty good. I, like I, that's exactly as much lore as I would want to give yeah. to. Like I hate these movies when it's like this movie's about going to the Iron Giants planet. You know, yeah. it's like that that has diminishing returns. Basically, after that shot, it would just start getting worse. And that's what the Iron Giant one. <laughs> that's why I loved it so much as a kid is because it just teased these things, and so you were your imagination yeah. raced with like, where did he come from? What's his deal? Why's he got those big guns? That was a good toy. I had the Iron Giant toy as well. Like, did you have the one where it shoots the thing out of his chest? No, my toy was literally like a cheap at. It was like a step up from a McDonald's Happy Meal toy. It was just like a poseable, mm. like arms and legs one. I wanted one that had like guns and shit. That sh- I the I mean like, it's you know violence is just cool. So I think we were talking about maybe doing the um climax like i think like we should figure out like 
Mansley and Hogarth, how would they, like, what would be their plan? I think, like, they want to get rid of the Iron Giant, right? Mm-hmm. I think we could have, like, does, that should look different probably for both of them, would be my screenwriting idea. It's, like, unlikely allies for now, but this will be what splits them apart later. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You smelling what I'm shitting? Yes, they've got a team up. And so I think, like, what would be the difference in what they want? Like, does Hogarth want the Iron Giant? Like, what does he want? For, does he, he doesn't want the Iron Giant to be dead. He wants him to go. He wants him to, he just wants him out. Uh, and I think that he's maybe initially not opposed to that. The way to get him to be out is him being dead. Um, he's like... It's just like, you know, he can say something to the effect of like, he's just a robot. He's just a machine. Uh, he's a he's a weapon designed. You know, he's totally, he's like, I was just a kid. I projected onto him. He means nothing to me. He ruined my life, blah, blah, blah. You know, something to that effect. And then, um, so he's like totally down to team up with Ken. And Ken is maybe like, maybe Ken doesn't want to destroy it. He's like, we I need to capture it and bring its head. Or maybe he just needs to bring his head to the government and be like, look at what I fucking did. I don't vibe with Hogarth wanting to kill the Iron Giant. I think he doesn't like want it to, but I think that he feigns a willingness to, or even for a minute considers it. Like, I think with like having that moment is very human. Okay. Um, let me throw a left curve in that I was just thinking. So Mansley's got this, um, screw right he's got the piece of the the final piece of the iron giant that's what's guiding him there right Mm -hmm. what if in all of these years he's been like jerry rigging this piece so that he's like supplanting a bomb in there so he's putting a piece in there so that when this connects to the iron giant and what if it's like syndrome stealing from bird in the incredibles where it's like he wants to be the hero He's like, the way to regain my legacy is if I trigger, if he gets triggered to almost destroy a city and I'm the one that stops him, that will save my legacy. Hogarth is like, we just need to get him to the government. Mansley's like, we need to get him to a city so that he'll become like a force of destructive nature. You know, so like, but like right now he's like, yeah, I can get him to the government. Like they sent me. Yeah, Washington, (laughs) D.C. And the climax would be in D.C., He's got to blow yeah, up the Pentagon. Yeah, he could tell Hogarth. He could tell Hogarth they sent me to um, bring him back. Cool. You know. Cool. Um, and so then he tries to bring the Iron Giant. And the Iron Giant's like Hogarth. Hogarth. I guess he doesn't talk, but like he wants. He won't go without Hogarth. So then it's like, oh, I guess we, it's a road trip. It's movie. a road trip movie. They've got to get him across the country, evading the without government, being caught. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, and that could be a, an inter- that could be how Hogarth finally figures out what's going on. Is like, Mansley's logic adds up less and less. Where it's like, why do we need to evade the government? Yeah, <laughs> to get him to DC to the government, and he's like, we can't, we can't let the. He's like, they don't want. It's like, why didn't you send more people? Why didn't you send like trucks and stuff? Yeah, and he's like, we had to keep this like very on the DL. This is. Is this stupid or is this I'm, like... I'm trying to... I think this is good. I like this plot. I like this method. I'm a little worried about... I mean, we're running out of time, so maybe we just do it. But I wonder if road... Because tri- road trip movies 
as I've seen them or as I can think of them right now are kind of like it's like the road trip is like a simple structure to sort of give us from a point A to point B. Uh, you're going to have two characters go through some sort of arc over the course of that duration. And then it's just like you do different scenes along the way. It's like, oh, and then they pull over here and there's this set piece. And then they pull over here and there's this set piece. They meet these characters. They meet these characters. And but like, it's like a sneaking around. It's like a sneaking around road trip. Yeah, it's just a journey. Know, yeah, I think we just don't phrase it as a road trip. It's just it's it's a journey. They've got to they got to sneak past through this place and um. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then they get there, and then he's going to provoke the. He's going to get the government provoked. Uh and then the government's going to try to shoot the Iron Giant, and the Iron Giant's going to go crazy balls mode. And... Well, I think there's got to be a big split moment where, like, yeah, basically, over the course of this journey, I don't think we have to get into the weeds here. It's like, Hogarth is getting close with the Iron Giant again. But, like, maybe this time it's, like, when they're he's, like, Superman. Like, they see Superman again. And maybe we've set up a thing earlier where Hogarth was like reading Superman to his kids. And he's like, it's kind of reminding him of like, I've moved on. Uh-huh. I have a whole life back home. Like he's like realizing he still has love in his heart for the iron giant. But like he, this, that doesn't matter yeah. because life moved on. Yeah. You know, like this, they, they have changed. Okay. And so by the end of this, I think Hogarth is like, Basically, Hogarth is like, we should let him... Somehow, Hogarth figures out that he could... That he has a planet. He has a home. And they should help him get to his home. He's like, I don't think the government's going to help him. Mm-hmm. Somehow, he he figures out that, like, if we give him to the government, they're going to tear him apart. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's that doesn't help anyone. Like, we need to help him get home. Like, maybe... And there's got to be some easy solution for what helps him get home. Yeah. Um, his rocket boosters. They, they, the government has his rocket boosters. Sure. Or he needs you fuel. Know Fuck it. I like it. There's, no, I like the rocket. They have one of them. They recovered one of his rocket boosts. It's like so. Iron Giant's got most of his pieces. They came crawling back. The government intercepted one of them, and uh, Ken and or like one of his black market. You know, he bought another one. Uh, under the radar. So there's two missing pieces to the Iron Giant. Ken's got one that's rigged to explode too, maybe, or something. No, fuck it. Ken's got the there's one piece. We can't have two pieces. Ken has the Ken secretly has the piece. He's not putting it in yet because he only wants to put it in right before he's gonna kill him. Right. You know. So it's like Hogarth and Ken's like Hogarth. So maybe the reason they crash like 20 miles away from Hogarth's house is like when the rockets go off and he tries to fly him away like. Like his like rocket boots don't really work. Yeah, because only one of them is operating properly, and like crashes them, and that's why they can't just fly to DC. They have to like travel by foot, basically. Oh, that's great. And but the whole time, Mansley has the piece, Uh you know, and like it's like no, we have to go to DC to get the piece. Or maybe it's like no. At first, Hogarth wants to send him to DC to just get rid of him. Then he's like, he has a home. You know, maybe they read a new comic book. We, like, re- go back and we, like, reflect on the first movie where, like, he, like, sees, like, a bunch of, like, metal men in a comic. Yeah. And he, like, points to it and he goes, home. Yeah. It's like, family. And Hogarth's like, I need to go to my family. He needs to go to his family. Yeah. 
I do think the way you're talking about, like you're talking about this sort of turn for Hogarth to like realize that they're not going to help him. I think it's because like, I think that he saw in the first one that the government will try to destroy the Iron Giant and stuff and everything. I actually think it could be interesting if he's like literally leading the, like he's like going to try to kill him. It's like, he's like, he's totally like shut that part of him off and he's going to have this yeah. moment where he realizes no the iron giant's such an important part of my life he's such a wonderful creature i love him so much because you know it's just like he's taking the dog to get shot behind the barn it's not like a kid uh no totally uh so we can like the audience will be mad and with but it's like it's like more interesting you know like and then in the end he's going to have a change of heart the Iron Giant's maybe going to realize, and he has to be like, I'm so sorry, monologue, blah, blah, blah. They hug, in however they do, and then um, they've got to save the day. we got to get you home, buddy. And they're going to get him his rocket booster. He's going to fix him up, and Iron Giant is going to fly away uh, for good. I think, yeah, I just think we're going to need a little bit of a... Because, so, like, Manzi's got the the rocket booster piece is also the piece that's rigged to blow him up. Mm -hmm. You know, like one idea is like, he could set that off. Like right when you think, you know, that thing where in the climax, we're like halfway through the climax, you think it's fixed, mm -hmm. but it felt a little too easy. Yeah. It's like the turn there could be like, he hits the button, blows up the like iron giant's leg. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Oh no, this is but like, I don't, I think we should turn the table and Hogarth should, sacrifice try almost sacrifice himself for the iron giant this time sick doesn't he kind of do that in the first one though doesn't he like unconscious for a minute he gets hurt because he's like no 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 you know and then the iron giant hurts him because he's in weapon mode right 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 and that's when he realizes like oh huh? like i'm oh no what have i become what if he what if hogarth like what if they've got a bunch of fucking tanks coming at the iron giant like they've got like iron giant proof guns that they've been developing at their cold war research labs with like old nazi scientists and stuff and they're rolling towards the iron giant and hogarth pulls a fucking tianmen square and stands in front of the tank and he's like no no you'll have to go through me to stop the iron giant and and they're like what do we do sir and then ronald reagan's like kill the boy and they just drive right over him and iron giant's like Hogarth. That's basically what he does in the first Hogarth does in the first movie though, is he like goes like, no, 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 he's mm -hmm, safe. Right. I think like what because like Mansley's got this piece, and maybe Hogarth can figure out that if this connect if if the Iron Giant gets this piece connected, he's going to die. Mm -hmm. And like he could shield the bomb or so he could like i don't you know i mean you could do a whole adventure where like the the piece has been put into his boot and then like mansley's got the remote control and he's this is totally brad bird he's about to hit the button and then like something happens and that and the remote goes tumbling down the street and they're like racing to get the remote you yeah. know it's like hogarth's trying to destroy it mansley's trying to push it yeah um, that's good that's good that could be the first half of the climax. Eventually, Mansley, I think, I'm, we have to do it. He does push it. It blows up the Iron Giant leg. The army's encroaching. Yeah. And um, and now, Sam, how does Okar save him? Well, he's going to hijack a rocket ship. I think we're in D.C. We can go over to NASA. And Iron Giant just hitches a ride on one of those puppies. And then once he's in space, he doesn't need two rocket boosters. Because there's no... 
air. You know, he just needs one, and he can just go, and it'll just, like, get him going infinitely. Uh, and he could head home. It'll only take 10,000 years. Um, or... That sucks, so let's not do that. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is that to get home, like we said, like, established, like, to get home, he needs his rocket booster. But the rocket booster's got a bomb. So if we blow up the bomb in his rocket booster, it's like, well, now we can't get home. In which case, we'd have to be like, oh, he's stuck. Like, I can't see how, unless he hijacks a rocket ship. Uh, okay, okay wait. What? We haven't brought Dean back into this oh, yet, Oh, yeah, right? Dean! The artist. So, Dean somehow, makes a new I don't booster. know how, he's not in, um, he's, he's gotten to DC as well. And, like, one of the Iron Giant's legs has blown up, so he's, like, stumbled down, you know? And it's like, and they don't know what to do, and Dean's like, he still has one rocket booster. I can jerry rig something. He's like, I need. He's like, you gotta, you gotta get me, buy me time. I need fifteen minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Because basically, like, you know, the two rock, the two boots are flying. You know, it's like with just one of those boots with a jerry rig, you could just fly like a little more shaky. Yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah, just like spinning. You know? And then once you're in space. I agree. Like it's then it works. Yeah. You know, you just gotta break through the atmosphere. So then it's like Hogar is like Yeah, that's his arc. Is like he was scared of life because of what happened. And by the climax, he's like taking control of an army vehicle and like driving it through the streets, like sending them on a wild goose chase. Yeah. Where I don't know why they would chase him and not the Iron Giant. because um, he stole a tank. They also sent him. But they'd still they have the whole army <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're easily distracted american you know you know can we, i don't think we have to solve this yet can we do something <laughs> where it's like the iron giant you know this the iron giant was for us at a young age i think it was pre-9-11 and um you know where you know non-violence was a simple thing to say but the new one is like no sometimes violence is okay against oppressive forces and we have what if they called in the Marines. What if they called in the Marines? Oh, God damn and it. The, the Iron Giant has to kill a bunch of Marines. And God cops. damn it. <laughs> For any new listeners, Sam's always got one idea. <laughs> Are they going to open a portal to hell? Well, some guy I knew in like high school who became a Marine is going to listen to this one day and be like, what the fuck? We've only got like under four minutes okay. until David arrives. Okay. Um, I think, okay, what if he's, so like he's, He's blown up. They he falls into like he's fallen into an eighteen wheeler basically, and so they like they hit Dean's in the back. He's like, I can use the pieces in the back of this eighteen wheeler to jerry rig something to like save him. So um, Hogarth has to get into the truck and start driving it through the city, and that that's why the army's chasing him because he's got the Iron Giant mm-hmm. in the truck, mm-hmm. and um, and. This would be a great set piece. He's getting repaired in the back of the truck. They're like wildly zipping through the city. Yeah. And then, I don't know, bada bing, bada boom, something happens. He he takes off um, and uh, they say a tearful goodbye to each other. The Iron Giant doesn't quite want to leave yet. He's like, he's, Hogarth's like pointing up. He's like, home. And then like, oh, this, this is breaking my yeah, heart. I'm so corny. hurtful. Then Iron Giant points at Hogarth and goes, home. And then Hogarth could point like in the distance be like, no, home for me, you know, (laughs) home for you. (laughs) And, um, 
And then maybe, I don't like, God, this is corny. Like maybe like they put their hands on each other's hearts and they're like, home. Home is where the heart is. Is yeah. this a, could this be, I mean, maybe this fits with our libertarian themes. Could this be construed as like an anti-immigration piece? We're basically saying that he, the I Iron Giant needs to go back where it came from. Everybody just needs to stay in their lane. No. Sick. That's great. Um, yeah, no, Iron Giant needs to know who his people are. I mean, maybe that's, like, part of, like, his thing here is that Iron Giant's, like, going through, like, iron, like, not actually, but, like, he's malfunctioning and stuff, and, like, he needs to see, like, a robot doctor. Yeah. Like, no one can help him here. He's all rusted. I love that idea. We've never really touched on that again, but he's all rusted. He's all rusted. He's, like, breaking down, and he's, like, clinging to the past. And he, Hogarth's like, can people help you at home? Like. Okay. Yeah, we've got. One minute left until David gets here. Okay. It takes place in the 80s. I think we need to have a scene where Hogarth drinks a new Coke. Classic joke. Uh, yeah, so Hogarth's going to end, go back to his kids and his family. He's going to look up at the stars, and we see the Iron Giant land at the clouds. Boom, boom. Uh, how do, come Hogarth doesn't go to jail, though? Because he stole a tank. Was it, all, was it undercover? He got away with it? Yeah, I bet they just never caught his face. They just, like, Iron Giant flew him out at the last second, and he got put away. He wore a mask. Yeah, he wore a mask. They come to knock on his door, and he's like, hello? Oh, I've just been here with Dean making art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's, like, yeah, sure. That's 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 perfect, you know, is uh, they've got the perfect alibi. Um, we'll solve this better later. Uh-oh. You hear those steps? Is he clomp clomping down the halls? Hey, David, how's it going? It's me, David Zaslav. Oh, I see you're doing your version of a patois, David. Yes, um, yes my voice. For uh, audience members that don't know, um, when we pitched David Sully 2, we, t we had a character for Chet Hanks who did a patois. We, we never wanted to do it because we thought it would be offensive, but David does his patois, which isn't really offensive because it's not really a patois sorry david like we love you um but i uh you know agree to disagree <laughs> well i'm really happy to be working with you again we were a little worried you were gonna pull the plug on this project while we were pitching it oh we're coming up with the pitch oh, but glad we made it this far this is uh pretty good for hollywood right now there's still time boys well we're happy for the work, sir. We really love the new title of the streaming service. It's definitely, um... Who told you about Beam? <laughs> Are you... Is he... David, you're really embracing your biggest IP. <laughs> I, I get angry, and I talk more like this. <laughs> These aren't occupants. <laughs> Don't talk about Beam. <laughs> well... I think we might as well get to it, don't you, Let's Sam? Let's hop right into it. So, Iron Giant 2. The Iron Giant 2. 25 years later. The first one was in the mid-50s. This is in the mid-80s. Ronald Reagan's king. Uh, hair metals bopping. New waves on the come-up. Punk's doing its thing. And, uh, you know, Joy Division. Uh, New Order. Uh, that's it. 
New Coke. New Coke. Where did we leave the last movie? There were the pieces of the Iron Giant scattered all over the world. They were slowly building. They were slowly forming. We're going to open this movie with a montage, seeing one of those pieces go around the world, go through world history. It took decades to reach the Arctic where the Iron Giant was rebuilding. And right at the end of it, he is finally rebuilt, except for one piece. His rocket boosters aren't quite working. Um, David... We know you know that this is part of our pitch process. I need to take Sam to the side really quick <laughs> to uh, to ask him a quick question. It, it's just about like the lunch order for later. Don't worry. It's not about the pitch. <laughs> Definitely not about the pitch. Sam, how does he get to Hogarth's house if his rockets don't work? He runs. So, David, now this iron... Why does it... Wait, we got to go to the side again. Sorry, David, not to get you... Why doesn't he run later when they travel? Because... He does. Oh, because he wants to stick with Hogarth. Yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. Hogarth, and then they just start driving because it's it's more undercover, covert. He's laying in a truck Great. bed. Okay. Okay, okay David. David. So, I'm I not... love it. I love taking breaks. I gotta gotta think about streaming there. <laughs> Uh, no, so Iron Giant, he you know the years have not been kind to him. He's rusted. He's old. He tries to fly, you know, when he's trying to fly, he's like spinning and crashing. Like he's not doing so good over the last he's 25 looking rough. years. But he's going to try to find Hogarth. And he cut to Hogarth, who is a helicopter parent. He is homeschooling his kids. They live in a fairly isolated area. He has like big psychological problems from the events of the last movie. He can't get over it. He's terrified of everything. We have like a scene where he like sees something in the dark and goes like, <gasps> And, like, turns on the lights, and it's the 4th of July. He's gotten divorced now. He's just trying to have a good holiday with Dean and his kids. Dean likes to talk about sleeping with Hogarth's mom. And then Hogarth opens the door, and what does he see in his backyard but the Iron Giant? Then some 4th of July fireworks go off. Poo, 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 poo. It makes the Iron Giant freak out. The Iron Giant freaking out makes Hogarth freak out. Ah, like he grabs Hogarth, he starts flying, but his rocket boots don't really work because they're missing one piece and they crash land about 20 miles away in the woods. Then what happens, Sam? So basically when in in all of the hubbub, you know, so Hogarth's stuck with Iron Giant, you know, they're having a scene and they're like, Hogarth, he's like, Hogarth, Hogarth. And Hogarth's like, no, no, I you ruined my life. I left you behind because of all the, the trauma. This is a film about trauma. Um, and Iron Giant just wants to go back to the old way things were, and Hogarth just wants to push that back. Meanwhile, and all of the hubbub of them getting away, Iron Giant like struck like a tree or something, or like hit like a power plant or something. Excuse me. And he left behind some breadcrumbs that uh, one little guy, our old friend Ken, the villain from the first movie, who's still around, he's picked up on those by listening to shortwave radio and piecing together newspaper clippings. He's realized the Iron Giant's back. He tries to report it to his superiors at the department at the government and they're like shut the fuck up you're old you're crazy you're obsessed with this iron giant leave it in the past but he has something in his possession that's going to lead him directly to the iron giant and to hogarth exactly he has the missing piece that the iron giant needs to be able to fly again but kent um has jerry-rigged this final piece to be explosive so that when the time comes he can hit a remote and make the iron giant blow up so Hogarth just wants to get rid of the Iron Giant. He wa he wants to kill him. He want he he wants him gone. And then Mansley shows up 
And he's like, the government sent me. They didn't really. He's working on his own accord. Mm-hmm. The government sent me. They want to bring him to D.C. We can take him off your hands. Mansley tries to just take the Iron Giant away, but he's not leaving without Hogarth. And so it's like, oh, I guess we're all in this together. So they go on a long journey uh, where they've got a, you know, they hide Iron Giant in the back of like a semi or something. And they're driving down the road. They got to be undercover. You have some great scenes between them all. You know, they got to camp in the woods and stuff. And they finally get. Maybe the, maybe Hogarth kind of starts to realize he doesn't want to be like Mansley. You know, he sees like Mansley's so caught in the past. He's starting to learn about himself. We're even going to have a scene where they're going to go to a comic book shop and Hogarth gets more comics for some reason as an adult. And I guess adults get, com- I don't know. It's part of, it, it works, you know? And um, they're looking at these comics with the Iron Giant and like they see an alien planet with all these like metal men and uh, Iron Giant points at it and he has a new word he can say. He says, home, you know? And that's like Hogarth's first indication of like, oh, like he doesn't need to be destroyed. He needs to go home. Yeah. And just like Hogarth needs to go home. Exactly. And you know, Iron Giant, like we said, he's rusty. He's breaking down. He needs help that they can't give him. Uh, so they get to DC and this is when we're really getting into our third act. They get to DC and Hogarth starting to have a change of heart. But before he can, you know, stop it, uh, Kent calls in the government and his whole plan is because he wants the valor. He wants to prove that he wasn't crazy all along and he wants, he wants to finish off with a high ranking position in the government. Uh, he's all about Ronald Reagan and he is going to get provoke the iron giant so that the iron giant looks like he's about to attack the city because that's an iron giant's programming right you point a gun at him he turns into the giant mech gun thing and so he's going to do that and then pen is kent is going to try to put the rocket booster into him to blow him up and then max what happens and right at that moment hogarth who has a who's had a change of heart he wants to send the iron giant home realizes what kent's plan was all along he knocks the remote out of his hand at the last second, and we go into our third act. This is the beginning of the climax. It's a big old set piece for Brad to direct, where they're they're battling through the city, like trying to get this remote. Like the army is shooting at the Iron Giant. He's whipping and dodging. They're driving this truck. Just tr- everyone's trying to grab the remote. It's in one person's hand, then it's in another person's Dean's hand. Dean's there. Know, Dean drove in. Uh, they told him to meet. They called him earlier from a payphone, like meet us in DC. Like he's like, I'm not doing that, and they're like. He's back. He's like, who's back? And they're like, the Iron Giant, too. And he's like, if there's one thing I miss more than fucking your mom, Hogarth, it's that big old metal man. Yeah. You know? Maybe we should bring her back. This is like all men in this movie. Are we? Oh, shit. Anyway, we keep going, and uh, we, we we carry on. Uh, uh... <laughs> it really... Don't worry, boys. I know your heart's in the right place. <laughs> it's the thought that counts, right? Um, so Max, what happens next? They're chasing um, through the city and oh, they're fighting well, over the detonator remote. And then, and, and then Mansley gets the remote. He hits the button. Bada bing, bada boom. Iron Giant's leg blows up. He's like, he's not flying anywhere except Dean's there now. He's arrived just in time. Hogarth's trying to figure out what to do. And he's like, if you can buy me time, I can use my mechanical engineering skills to jerry-rig his one existing boot so he can fly home, Mm -hmm. you know? So now we're going to do a whole chase scene through the city where Hogarth is driving an 18-wheeler that 
the Iron Giant is inside of while Dean is repairing him inside of it, while the army chases him. They're like, they're shooting, you know, it's, it wouldn't be a podcast to pitch unless the Marines show up and start bop, 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 going bop. crazy. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then they accomplish it. And, uh, well, boys, how does Hogarth get away with this? That's a good question. He's wearing a ski mask the whole time, and they just manage to get away because maybe Iron Giant sort of takes off and drops them off, like with a thing, like a parachute or something. They kind of fly away. Good enough for me. Yeah, you know, it's fine. It's movies. But, uh, you know, so Iron Giant's going to fight. So Iron Giant, before he takes off, he's got this great moment with Hogarth. You know, the, the, the army's coming in. They're, they've, they're just about to get away, and Iron Giant still doesn't want to go. He's got this rusty smile, and he's like, home to Hogarth. And Hogarth's like, no. And he points up at the sky, and he's like, you've got to go home. You need to get help. You, home. And he's like, home. And he's like, no, home for me over there. And he points in the general direction of his house. Home for you is up there. And Iron Giant touches Hogarth's heart, and he says, home. And Hogarth touches his heart. And he says, Superman. The music's going to swell. This, the, like, the panels of this are going to be on Tumblr forever, you know? It's going to be corny, but great. And um, at the end, Hogarth returns home. Um, he's learned something. You shouldn't hold on to the past. You know, you shouldn't be scared. Your fears, your traumas from the past should not get in the way of living the best future possible. They've both learned this. He returns. His kids are no longer homeschooled. I guess we're doing an anti-homeschool movie. It's probably for the best, honestly, the way things are going. They go to um, public school. They go to public school. And then the last shot is the Iron Giant. He's got to fly home. It takes 5,000 years to fly home. He's flying through space with his jerry-rigged contraption. And his last line is, uh, we see him arriving at his planet. We see just a little bit of like, oh, are those more Iron Giants? What is that? And then he goes, oh. And then we cut to black, directed by Brad Bird, written by whoever you say wrote it, even though we wrote it. I'd love a story credit this time, but I understand, you know, I understand. You boys can dream. You boys are big dreamers. Well, what about uh, this movie? Do you think this is your dream, David? I like it because it's an IP that we can monetize. It's good enough. You could have just said that things happen, but you really did a lot of talking. <laughs> That's the David Zasloff touch. <laughs> we love it, man. We love it. It's, uh, we think uh, we'll be able to bring this in under budget. Just that last scene is going to have some big stuff. And Brad Bird, uh, maybe he'll work at scale. Maybe he'll take a lower paycheck on this one. I don't know. David, I was thinking, you know, we could do it Spider-Verse style, animate on twos. It's half the amount of pictures you have to do. I'm talking 12 frames per second, you know? It's cheaper. I love it. People say it's an artistic style, but it's just cheap as fuck. It's just really fucking cheap to make those movies. They're just cashing in. It's like really easy animation. Fucking lazy. I like to uh, like. Definitely not going to get any flack for <laughs> like two guys that don't know how to animate for shit. I think like. that if I, from based on my Twitter encounters, I think that a good way for us to stir up press is to provoke animation Twitter because they get uh -huh. they get angry about stuff. By the way, this is a movie for children because it's a cartoon. Well, I love what you boys did. I learned something new from you every time. I learned the patois the first time, and this time I learned you can do anything you want if you wear a mask. It's true. If you get away with it. If you get away, they can't find you. Especially back then. 
Deny it till you die. Tenacity well, thank you, David. Die. This has been a Thanks, pleasure. Z. Um, wow. All right, Another... gotta go. Bye-bye. I'm hopping in my car now. Wow, it's 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 wild that our office is so close to the parking lot. <laughs> it's not our office. You look around you. It's a it's a small they put us awning. In a tent. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those like vendor tents that you see like a carnival. <laughs> well, at least uh, another one in the can. Um, I I feel. <laughs> I feel decent about this one. I think we did know, some great it's... thematic stuff and character stuff here. I think we, and then we put a lot of the strengths into that. And I think, you know, I think it shaped up really well. That end scene works for me. Um, I feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, with some finesse, with some finesse. I mean, this was a losing game, you know? It's not like, I think if Iron Giant 2 were to get announced, people would mostly be annoyed. Yeah. But I guess it's like what Pixar ran into with like, doing a Finding Nemo sequel and stuff and uh what billions of dollars do you know Finding Dory is like one of the 10 highest grossing films ever yeah like what yeah what trouble did they run into they got a bunch of kids to watch their schlop Um, but how much easier it is to write a Pixar sequel than an original Pixar film like because they're always being like oh we gotta start over gotta throw it out gotta start over and like it's like no it has to be about Dory like done well um I, it's been a pleasure. It was a pleasure to write with you, buddy. Um, please, to all of our beloved listeners, we uh, would love if you could rate, review, subscribe, find us on the socials. Just search Podcast 2 The Sequel. You'll find us. If you think our ideas aren't that great, we're ready to roll our sleeves up and fight you. We're the cockiest motherfuckers in the game now. You see, you see how many green lights we got? They call us. We call. They call us the green light gals. The green light gals. And we're always we're always looking for guests. We haven't had a guest yet on the show, and we'd love for our first guest to be some rando. So if you think you're good at writing and think you can do better, hop on the show. We'll hash it out. We'll break it down. It'll be a good time. We're not gonna antagonize you, you stupid fucking piece of shit. So don't fucking worry about it. Just get on the fucking show, you little bitch. Uh, all right. Bye. And cut. <laughs>